you're only allotted a certain amount, certain amount of hair in life. And so you got to like figure out where you want to spend those That's hair true. points. Not everybody yeah. has the same amount of hair at birth. I believe everybody does. Well, it's kind of like the spiritual, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the spiritual gifts. Some people, yeah. you know, some people have like a thousand hairs and some people have 10,000. Well, you know, hairs. Esau in the Bible was born with a beard. Because he was very manly, <laughs> and he really enjoyed stew. Yeah, that's a man's yeah. thing. Yeah, uh, I, I was apparently born. I was apparently given a lot of hair. My wife does not like that. Soup is very feminine. Stew is very manly. That's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Did you record that? Yes, that I came in right at that. Good. So I just want to <laughs> let everybody know that that was the Holy Spirit coming out of me because this mm. subject matter is so interesting. <laughs> so we should go ahead and get started before any more comes out. Oh no! Oh no! No! Definitely. You ready? Let's do it. I'm Zach. I'm Colin, and I'm Bob. And welcome to the House Plants Podcast. We are here to talk about music, media, and the mission of Jesus. Woohoo! I think today is especially important for the encapsulation of the mission of Jesus we are finishing out kind of like a interesting topic. Yeah. Oh yes. And it's, it's Jesus's mission to make the best case scenario for the three episodes we've talked about. <laughs> the first one is probably not his favorite choice, but it is an option. Second one, definitely the main choice. And then this yeah. thing is kind of the, well, uh, just hang out here for a while. <laughs> what, what do we know? <laughs> so before we, um, I think when we get to the point where we say a few things we know, we might have to be a few things we know, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Just raise it up at the end. Yeah. 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 Like um, Anchorman, I'm Ron I'm Burgundy. Ron Burgundy. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. Yeah. We right. think we know, but we're not certain. <laughs> so, um, well, that's one of the things the song is going to sing about. So um, for everybody who didn't watch the live stream that just took place a second ago, um, I wrote this song... Uh, and it's not exactly directly on the message of what we're going to be talking about tonight, but it's very, very, very close. This, the The topic of this song is about struggling with the idea that there's something more beyond this life and that after death there is something else. Um, and that's just like a starting place probably yeah. for a lot of people who would eventually become believers. Um, and so this, a lot of this language is both coming from what we had talked about in two previous episodes about like, what are some of the things we thought hell and heaven were like when we were young? And this is sort of like language I would have used in my, in my own head. Uh, and so what, what we'll hear in this song, if you hear the lyrics uh, clearly will be that um, this is a person kind of mulling over the mm -hmm. idea that there's something else. But yeah, it's a bit honest. of a perspective kind of song, more Absolutely. so than a worship yeah. song. In the traditional yes, it sense. would be very much like a, yeah. a good a springboard into a message about what happens after we die. Yeah. And yeah. so, and so I thought it was appropriate. It may make it into the concept album. Zach mentioned that very you know, briefly I, to me. I think it really fits with the spirit of the concept album that we had been working on for a while. And I, yeah. I think I've mentioned to you, just full disclosure for everybody listening, I've been like kind of feeling, you know, a little bummed out in the past couple of weeks. Um, some weird stuff with, with me personally, but also with the coronavirus. And and so it's been a weird few weeks yeah, for a yeah. lot of people. <laughs> and so I keep coming back to that, like Psalm 88 in that whole like 
idea of our concept album, like a guy that just is at odds with everything. And so lament, a, a very yeah. lamentful type of like a, a Psalm. Uh, and so, but this is more, this is more hopeful, I think. And, and you'll kind of hear that as the, we go through the lyrics, it's, it's basically about like turning a corner and deciding at the end that you, you probably do think that there's something more. So um, yeah, we'll just go ahead and get started. Some people say there's a light, a marvelous light. Some people say there's a man telling me everything is all right. Maybe the light leads to heaven or somewhere. Dust in the ground 
who saves us from death Some people say there is nothing And this life is all you have left Some people say his name's Jesus Colin, I really so like pretty. that one. <laughs> Thanks, it, man. I, one one thing I really like about it is that it's 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 not just a statement of of faith as so many songs tend to be, but this is this is one of those songs where you're working through a process. Absolutely. And, and so you, I mean, it ends on that surety that we have in Christ, but but all throughout it, I mean, but it it takes <laughs> it, all the way up to the entire last li- last few lines. It's like, and I and I know that I'm sure. But yeah. it takes a while to get there. I think there. that I'm sure. I think that I'm sure yeah. now. Yeah. It, like, I think yeah. that I do have a good idea about this. And then that last kind of like sort of uh, uh, denouement, as it, as it were, it's like, and if 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 that's uh-huh. really not what's going on, then I I guess sad story. We're just dusting the ground. And it's, it's, yeah. it's funny because a lot of people, uh, Christians especially, have made that statement to almost debunk atheism. They're mm-hmm. like... It's pretty. Sure. It's it's a pretty uh, silly thought to think that there's nothing else, and we're mm-hmm. just dust at the end of the day, you know. <laughs> but yes, and and it's Pascal's wager. Yeah, you should wager thing. that it all exists or mm-hmm. not. So yeah. I, mean, I mean, if it doesn't, what do you lose? And but, so, like like yeah. you said, Bob, I, yeah. I think mm-hmm. that this was kind of a, and we've been talking about like kind of where we were at before, um, and this was kind of a process that maybe I had gone so, through. Uh, obviously, some of these theories are thrown in based on what we had talked about. But uh, yeah, this idea that you um, 
the way my, my, the way my mind works has always been that I kind of have these stepping stones of uh, information yeah. where mm-hmm. I say, well, if this is true, then wait a minute, yeah. then a few of these other things that I thought were true are not true. And if, and if that's the case, then maybe I'm ready to maybe even put that piece next together. Sure. And, yeah. and so that's kind of what the song is dealing with. And well, and I, I always appreciate that because, because so many people think, well, it's either all of this or all of that. And, and no, nobody really works that way, that that's not yeah. how we process information. It's, you know, it, as, as the name implies, when we, pro- it is a process to get from point A to point B, you don't just jump straight there. And, and that could be so hard for some people to realize. And, and, and I, and so as, as we've discussed previously, previously, my favorite hymn is a, is a process. It is him. And so that really resonated with me when you talked to me about that. Cause I'd never mm-hmm. thought, of a song being a building block song as it goes through. Yes. A lot of people like to have a resonating The reason a chorus is a chorus is because it is the resonating point that you come to. Right. Sure. And so for me, the chorus in this was supposed to be, I do want to know if, if there is something I'm seeking to know that. And then the last course of course is the flip to say like, I think I'm ready to say mm. that there is a place and I want to go there. Um, and I, I think I know in my heart that there is something more. And so yeah. it's, 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 it's the flip flop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate it. Thank you. I, I'm ranting about my song. I was, uh, you know, yeah. sometimes I'm really like happy when I write a song. Like I'm like, Oh man, I wrote this song. It's so awesome. So, um, anyway, thank you so much for that. I, uh, I think this is a good springboard to maybe give a little info before we get into the prayer. Um, where we're going to be talking about that third and final puzzle piece, yeah. which is we talked about the lowest place we talked about the highest place, the highest high, which may also be earth and <laughs> at the end. And then, uh, and, and so now we need to talk about kind of what happens, um, in the meantime, when you're waiting around yeah. as, as, as the title of this episode implies in the meantime. So man, I, you know, for the life, like of that me, space hog song. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, do you remember, did you pray last time? I think you did for heaven. Did I? So I, I might think have, it's me. I think yeah. it's gotcha. Zach's turn. It feels awesome. like it's been a while. We that? do things in threes. Just we're, we ourselves are a trinity. Yeah. We need to start doing. We need to do series. It's of, symbolism, you know. We need to do yeah. series of three, and, and that way we'll know each person needs to mm-hmm. pray the next mm-hmm. time. Right, right. <laughs> All right. So after you, Zach. Yeah. Sorry. Ah, Father, I just thank you so much again for um, just working with each of us. Um, God, you love us, and you have a lot of grace for us, and you call us to become more and more like you. You call us to. Um, work and and to have a mission in this world and God that's especially important uh, in these days with um, as we wrestle against uh, this virus and against um, panic and fear and all these things Lord I just pray that you would keep us uh, grounded in you that we would um, just remember that you are so good and so faithful God that you have plans for us that you um have a place for us just to um, serve you in this world. So I pray that we would uh, step up and um, just take on that call. Um, and so, Lord, I pray that you would speak to people through this podcast. And even though we do not know all the answers, I pray, Lord, that um, you would teach us all something anyway and just bring your community closer together. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 That's a good prayer. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I'd like to echo that prayer and just say that, like, we we have never been the experts that maybe some other podcasts claim to be, but we 
would like to say that we're experts at starting the conversation at least. Uh, or, Absolutely. Or at least we're trained in it because we've done it long enough now. And this yeah. episode is, is most certainly evidence of that. It's part of the same. And so we, um, we, we've already talked the last two weeks. And um, for, for those of you who have uh, checked in on um, the last two episodes that have come out, mm-hmm. uh, we have talked about hell and kind of sort of um, done away with some of the common like cultural ideas of hell and kind of got back to a little bit of what the scripture says. Now, what's interesting about each episode that we're going to be doing is that none of these are a hundred percent, the clear picture. Mm -hmm. And I think that again, tells us something about what the Bible, what God wants us to focus on with his word. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not to say that we shouldn't focus on figuring out, the validity and truth of the word and figuring out exactly what God meant by his word. But at the same time, just because we in our small human capacity of understanding don't have the full picture doesn't mean that it isn't fun to like dig into some of this. Well, you know, it's a first Corinthians says that we see through a glass darkly, right? So a scanner we, darkly. A, so we see through a scanner darkly. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves and yeah. uh, I think uh, Robert Downey Jr. too. He's a little weird guy. In that. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, but yeah, we, we've got a fuzzy version of the picture, don't we? Sure. Um, but I feel like and, we've, and, and, we, but we, we know some things from scripture and those mm-hmm. things are the things that are meant to give us confidence as the people of God. So we do know that uh, Christ came he died for our sins. Absolutely. He was resurrected. Yeah. Yes. And we know that he's coming back. We talked about that last time. And Absolutely. All, and, what, Absolutely. And, and all yeah. of that has to do with heaven and hell and what's happening sure. in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah, but there's is, definitely a truth there that, that, that is important to, know, to, to at least explore. And one of the things maybe definitely. maybe that was a fault of mine in the last couple of episodes because we got so heady with all of this <laughs> stuff is that I forgot to say, maybe more than I should have, that Jesus is the centerpiece of all that we're talking about. Yeah. The reason I say that is because nothing that happens as far as getting into heaven, uh, you know, uh, uh, being saved uh, or uh, uh, being judged or any of that stuff, none of that happens without Jesus. So let's just get that out of the way. The, the entirety of that story in what happens in revelation and all the things we're going to be talking about, they are directly to do with Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And, And so that's why we, when we say the mission of Jesus, that's why this kind of comes in so strong. Um, so I will first uh, kind of recap. We talked like again. We talked about heaven and hell. Uh, not only did we talk about the things that heaven and hell weren't, and that there were still some things to discover. But I feel we gave maybe a clearer picture than maybe some people came into the podcast because one of the things that happens is that um, through the course of being a Christian, you may or may not uh, count certain scripture as allegorical. Or you may mm-hmm. discount them all together and say that, you know, this is just maybe not something that jives well with me. But um, the truths of the scripture, I believe, come from either the the, the voice, uh, you know, uh, nothing, nothing that's in the scripture is invalid because it is God's word. And so, but what helps uh, emphasize the truth of his word is when we see it either complement, mm. reiterate, duplicate, and uh, sort of uh, give give validity to itself. So different scriptures coming together. What is that called, Zach? Huh? What's that word? Not eschatology. What's it when you uh, What's it when you uh, interpret the scripture using other scripture? You remember that word? Never mind. 
Exegesis? Exegesis, sure, okay. That's when you just take a scripture and you just uh, really, really pick it apart. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and you write a 15 to 20 page paper on it. Okay, sure. I thought it was a different word, but yeah, that may, exegesis works as well. So um, just like last time, I think we should start us off by talking about like where we were, what headspace we were in mm-hmm. right before Christianity. What do we think happened yeah. when you died? And what's sure. special about death? is that death isn't tied exclusively to Christianity like heaven or, or hell or hell necessarily sure. is. Now hell and heaven do have roots in other religions because of the idea of like a place of judgment or a place of a paradise and stuff. But death, you could just die, you know, and have no religious attachment at all. Right. And so uh, feel free to open it up, boys. But You could just die. I wouldn't recommend it, though. You know, uh, a, I, I know a, I know a song that says, uh, you know, uh, uh, some people say that there's nothing in this life is all you have left. Some people do say that, indeed. Yeah. So, cool. um, so here's here's uh, the, the starting off point, boys. So, any of you guys want to share what you thought yeah. happened when you die? Uh, feel free to to fill me in. For for, for me, I guess uh, growing up be, before I became a more dedicated follower of Jesus. I was, I guess, I, I was a very um, uh, American culture perspective yeah. in many ways. Um, it's just a very standard, you know. Um, you know, when you die, you go to heaven. Um, and once again, I kind of grew up in more of a Christian household in, in a lot of sense. Yeah. So the, the understanding is that you follow Jesus, you go mm. to heaven. If you don't follow Jesus, well, then you immediately go to hell. Um, yeah. and so, yeah. and then that, and that was that, you know, and that was all there was to, to, to the story. Right. Um, and so, which as we're going to be discussing may not be completely accurate in a lot of ways. <laughs> I'm not sure, um, what exactly I believed before I was a Christian. I don't remember ever having a time where I didn't believe in like heaven and hell. Really? Okay. Even, yeah. even when, even before, if the, it was a skewed version, you still believe that that it was existed. a skewed version. Yeah. Cause even before, yeah. yeah. Even before I was a more dedicated, more sold out Christian, um, like I I remember being really young and um, had a great grandmother who passed away. And I remember being at the funeral. I don't know how old I was, but I remember people saying like, that's just the body. That's not her. She's in heaven with God. Yeah. Right. Because that's just um, like a carrying case. Like they, they described it to me like a case. Sure. Like that's just the, that's just a container. She's not really in there anymore. Like that's how they explained it to me mm-hmm. as a young kid. And so that was kind of the picture yeah. that, that I always had of it as if you go to heaven, you know, I don't know what I, I don't know if I believed everybody went to heaven or not. I probably believed good people went to heaven. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, um, I'll give, yeah, yeah. I'll give my little thing, but I, I want to like follow up on the same line of questioning, but mm-hmm. I'll give mine first. Uh, this may, you guys may pick up on what I'm about to say, but, um, so when I was a kid, I had this idea that ghosts existed mm-hmm. and I don't know if I'm completely dissuaded to that, but I think I would call it something else besides ghosts. Like, you know, uh, because in the scripture, there are plenty of situations about demons and things like that. But mm-hmm. I used to think before I was a Christian that if you died, you made a choice based on a lot of movies uh, to like stick around and like just watch over everybody until you're ready. Like Patrick Swayze. Mm-hmm. Like Patrick Swayze and Ghost, or yeah. uh, in the case or Casper, of, or or Casper, that's a good one. Oh, but the in the case of um, 
what's a good one? <laughs> well, there's Ghost Dad. <laughs> we can't forget about Ghost Dad. <laughs> but um, but no. So or uh, uh, Jack Frost with Michael Keaton, John where Richard he not only he not only is a ghost, he's a haunted snowman. <laughs> It's a movie for kids. There's it's, a movie that I think is really good. It may not be for Christian audiences necessarily. Well, I don't know. It doesn't have anything necessarily bad in it. But um, there's a movie called Frighteners with uh, mm. uh, 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 Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. That's right. And it's got a lot of ghost imagery about like what happens yeah. when you die. Uh, so that's an interesting. Little all those movies. It's all about um, unfinished business. That right. is right. And yeah. that's kind of a thing too. And yeah. so when I was a kid, I kind of latched on this like ghost thing real hard, especially because my dad passed away and people used to say like, Oh, your dad's watching over you. Mm. And I'd be like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> that's kind of weird. A little, a little bit uh, unsettling. Because if you think about it, they, you know, the, their first thing will be like, Oh, he's your guardian angel. And I'm like, I don't know if it works like that. <laughs> yeah. Is dad been given a new job? That's until- how it works on the twilight it's- zone. Right. Yeah. Or in the show Charmed, there is mm-hmm. Guardian Angels, oh, yeah, but that yeah. is a show about witches. So please don't uh, think that I'm uh, promoting that or anything. But there's <laughs> definitely angels in that. There is heaven and hell in that. But um, anyway, so here's the thing. Um, I used to think that way, and I wanted to ask you guys the follow-up question. Uh, when you were a kid, did you believe in ghosts? And do you maybe still have a weird like tickle in the back of your brain about ghosts? I, I'll admit that uh, I... Actually, I kind of went somewhat more of the opposite. I wasn't sure that I really did believe in ghosts. In more later years, I I do. I don't know how to reconcile that with the Christian faith, in all honesty. Uh, but I do believe that there is evidence that there is some some level that there is something that we refer to as ghosts. By 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 what, from a human what it is. Yeah. I, I I don't understand it. Yeah. Um, but I do recognize that that there is something there. Definitely. Well, definitely when there's abnormalities so, yeah. in the Matrix. <laughs> in the Matrix, that's that true. can really what's well, a, a ghost show email up. Elon Musk about that? So sure. Zach, what about you? Did DM you believe Elon. in ghosts when you were a kid? I think dude? that when I was a kid, I believed in ghosts uh, only when it was really dark and scary. <laughs> you just watched <laughs> you know, the movie like The Grudge, or something. Well, yeah, you don't you don't necessarily think about or believe in ghosts just in your everyday yeah. life, but then you know when the lights go out and you're or you're stuck out in the woods and you're lost or something, like then you can't. Another really good example of the ghost like kind of theology that I thought about was Poltergeist. Yeah. yeah. The movie Poltergeist, which if you disturb the Indian burial ground. Well, right? like do you, well, yeah. a big part of that movie that kind of stuck with me and I still that might be that is top 5 one of my favorite horror movies of all time. But um I love the first the kind of professor lady that explains to the kid about death. <laughs> And then later, the short lady with the high-pitched voice that explains about death and basically says that it's the beast. Like, she kind of makes an inflection that it's the devil or some kind of really terrible demon that has shown up at their place. But um, she's like, sometimes the the people, they don't know about the light. They get (laughs) distracted in their sadness and can't find the light. (laughs) And then the little lady's like, keep your thoughts about you. It knows what scares you. <laughs> really what, what, what sold me on the existence of ghosts was, um, when we filmed the YouTube show, spectral track. Oh my goodness. You know, that, classic that was when, that was when we oh really goodness. came up with the don't, evidence. Don't tell them about for it, the paranormal. Uh, 
There's yeah. some really oh, check out goodness. check out the YouTube show. It, it ran for two episodes. It was called uh, Spectral Trek, oh, starring no. Zach and Colin. You realize we're losing <laughs> listeners by the hour, right? No, but um, okay. I just so, want to find out who's the most dedicated. I, I forgot to do my pastor voice thing, like I did for the other two. But with this one, there would be no reaction from the audience. It would just be something like, "Ah, oh, I, I don't, I don't really know how to." to interpret the scripture. I'm, uh, I'm kind of at a loss for words about death. <laughs> Yay. Hallelujah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just move on and talk about love or something. It's okay, pastor. <laughs> so, so we're all confused. <laughs> yeah. This, I will say just for the audience listening to this, if so far you felt like we have our stuff together, I will say that this one is by far the hardest one to really define clearly. Yeah. Sure. And it's because unlike things like hell where they're very descriptive, Jesus even talks about throwing things into a burning lake of sulfur and all of that. um, We get sort of the in between in the, like, it's kind of like what what it reminds me of is kind of like if you were to tell a story, but you were skipping some of like the lesser important stuff about it. But then later somebody asked you about all the stuff that you didn't think was very important. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because like, it would be like if uh, me and Jessica, I don't know. Maybe me and Jessica got pulled over by a cop on our way to the grocery store. And so when I told the story, I'm like, yeah, so we're driving to the grocery store. We got pulled over by a cop, but they had bread on sale. And that was an amazing buy. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. What happened with the cop thing? It's like, ah. It was fine. It was, you know, he was he was a cop. And anyway, let's not worry about it. <laughs> so in some scripture, I'm like, wait, I need to know the rest. Where's yeah. the extra sentence? Give I need me a you to hint. tell me the rest of this stuff. And so, okay, so. Why do you guys feel like death? I mean, we're getting, like I said, past religion now. Mm -hmm. We're talking about just everyone. Why do you think death is such a huge, important idea and like sought after thing for people to like really think about? Well, it's a huge mystery, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody loves a mystery. (laughs) Everybody loves a mystery. Well, and it, you know, it's like, what's going to happen? Am I going to be gone? And I think that throughout a lot of human history, I don't know if the majority of people have thought that you're going to just be gone. I mean, there's entire Mm -hmm. religions with systems of um, reincarnation and Mm -hmm. uh, there are, there are theologies of death that are like completely different from Christianity and they've just been developed over time. You know, the uh, non-Christian, not, not like Satanism or anything, just like a, like the hard atheism, like Mm -hmm. the, the preachy atheism would say that the thing you should be happy about it's kind of like that circle of life theology or whatever you want to say, where when yeah. your body dies, you can be happy to know that your body's material will reseed the earth and your energy will be transferred right. into a plant or things like that. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because not I'm not gonna say I agree that, that that's what you should think about, but I think it's funny because God's creation involves all the things on the earth. Mm-hmm. And so it's not necessarily untrue in a it's, way. Uh, not necessarily unbiblical. It's not necessarily unbiblical. That's yeah. true. Because, um, the, you know, but uh, yeah. I think that is like what you were talking about, Zach. You were saying that they have these different kind of theories. Yeah. I yeah. would almost argue I think that. The, I think the complete scientific worldview has got to be pretty new, right? Right. Like, but it's pretty modern. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, even the old scientists that would like kind of sneer in the face of theology would probably, I mean, maybe even just culturally to the detriment of our culture would have been like, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to think that way. Right. <laughs> but it is that scientific community that also helps fuel this fascination with death for science yeah. itself is trying to yeah. answer the unknowns. And here we have an unknown 
Mm-hmm. And the only way to answer it is to experience it. But That's to exactly experience true. it means that we can't ever come back and record. Well, there's, a, et cetera, there's a lot too, like from the standpoint of like um, your psychology with the brain and like mm-hmm. what, yeah. like there's been um, articles about like what happens in the last seconds of life before a brain completely shuts off. Like you don't know what that person might be experiencing. They could be experiencing time in a very, very slow manner, mm-hmm. you know? Interesting. And you know, it's funny. I've, I, there's a show, another, I keep bringing up different types of shows and movies, but um, I'm a big fan of the show house mm-hmm. and house is like kind of like an active atheist in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. he's very scientifically minded. Oh yeah. And I think one of the episodes, somebody tells him like, cause he says that he tells the story about his leg. Yeah. Said, in one of the episodes, he tells a story about how he, he originally had the problem with his leg and, mm-hmm. and at the end, it said that he saw some kind of visions and the visions mm-hmm. were of different people that he was helping at the time that also had leg problems. One of which had their leg cut off. One of them had their leg healed. And then he was like the havesy where his legs kind of messed up. And so somebody was like, Oh, you didn't think that was like a vision from the Lord or something like that. And he says like, no, there is nothing beyond death. And they're like, mm-hmm. why do you say that? And he's like, well, you know, why are you being so pessimistic? He's like, I think that's optimistic because it means that the life we're living now isn't some kind of like trial for later. Yeah. But what's interesting about that is that Zach and I have had that same conversation with people who, who don't have the full picture of God's kingdom. It's so much more than like you get rewarded by sitting on the cloud. Right. And and so throughout that show, there's different times where he gets like checked on that stuff and he kind of has to like second guess what he's thinking. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of, again, where that song I wrote dust in the ground is kind of where that comes from. This idea that you're constantly like sort of being redirected and death is such a profound mystery. Like Zach and you, Zach and Bob had said, the mystery isn't necessarily, I think it comes from a much more rudimentary, like, uh, fight or flight kind of thing. Yeah. Because if you think about it, there's fear there with that, with the unknown, you have yeah. so much that you enjoy. Like, even if you've had a bad life, you cling on to the very, like the good, joyful mm-hmm. things of your life. Yeah. And a lot of scripture would say that you should almost like detach yourself from the things of this world, mm-hmm. but it's very, very difficult to do that. And that's why it's reiterated in the scripture so much. Cause it's hard to do that. Yeah. Um, and so I think for a lot of Absolutely. people, it's that fascination of man, like, is this, I mean, this kind of stinks. Like I want to mm. keep experiencing. I want to keep uh, feeling, you know, like I have a purpose and we would argue that you do. Yeah, right. <laughs> that is, that is definitely a thing that we think is a uh, uh, answer we can give you, which is that there is more beyond, <laughs> beyond death. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So <laughs> let's get into a few semantical things before we move on to the uh, cool scriptural stuff. Um I want to ask you guys, have you ever heard about uh, people discussing or talking about uh, that it's bad to not be buried? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That is a Catholic thing for sure, and I I grew up with that. Yeah. Interesting. This idea that if you're not in the ground, then on the day of judgment, um, you can't be be resurrected. Or if you're... um, That is a belief that those have. Cremated. Cremated. If you're cremated, that's bad. Yeah, because you're not in the ground. Right, right. Which is interesting given how many saints throughout history happen to be, like, for example, especially in the Middle Ages, would be more burned at the stake. That is exactly true. And, yeah. well, the two guys get thrown in the fire, right? Uh, who are those two guys that get thrown in the fire? 
Fire. I can never think of their names. Um, but um, uh, Jessica would know, but uh, she's not here. We got to get her on the podcast. But there, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, like you said, Bob, there's been people that have been, you know, burned. There's been people that have been eaten by worms and stuff like that. Yeah. That's not in the ground. They're creatures that go off and eventually die in the ground, but your body would be separated. So, but, but um, I hear this a lot because of certain yeah. scriptures that really detail about your body will be in a certain location and then God will come and get it out of the ground and resurrect your body, like mm. bring you back to a physical body. And I guess the fear there is that if you're scattered or your ashes all over the world or something that they couldn't bring. Yeah. It back. I think I find it interesting to believe that God can um, bring something out of nothing, but can't bring the ashes <laughs> of a person together. Like the Look, God who <laughs> created like molecules out of nothingness. So can't, Bob so, can't grab the sand from around the ground. So, and so Bob's been dead a thousand years and he gets, he gets brought back, but he's missing an ear and his, and his hair is really short and spiky. And he's like, what gives God, uh, this isn't how I looked before. He's Sorry. Like, I couldn't find the rest. Uh, we're about 90%, you know, on you, but we couldn't get the rest. Yeah, And all the, all the mummies, in Egypt, obviously they're coming back like mummies because they, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. They, we did the best we could. We <laughs> preserved you. Um, but yeah, sorry. They're not going to have their heart or anything. Yeah. When you're a mummy, you get all the organs. Yeah. Out, so. It's like emo tip. <laughs> <laughs> I need your eyes and your tongue. So, um, okay. So, so we, we have kind of, um, tiptoed around some of the things from the last two episodes about, if there's more than one place or if the, cause we've already mm. established that essentially in the timeline, there's going to be like more than one heaven. There's more than one destination for human beings. Right. right? Well, that's, we know that we know that for yeah. sure. And so, uh, at a prepared time, hell, uh, but also there's like, um, existing heaven. And then there is the eventual second heaven and second earth. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. but, or, or more commonly known as the new heaven, the new and heaven new, and new, new earth. earth. So one thing we'll get into real not hev- anything like new Coke, right? Well, <laughs> hopefully better. <laughs> I wonder if there's going to be a guy standing there in the new heaven and Jesus is like, so uh, Phil, how's it going? And he's going to be like, like the old heaven better. It was heaven, more, more heaven classic. classic. Yeah. <laughs> it had real sugar. <laughs> no, this aspartame stuff. So um, okay, so that'll be something we'll really get into yeah. because a lot of people talk about Sheol. Hades, Gehenna, hell, uh, the underworld or whatever you want to say. And there are several <laughs> weird things that go along with that. And, um, and so that'll be a, a, a big point for us to talk about that. Uh-huh. Um, and I'll, and I will say also, uh, for listeners, we, as a podcast wanted to make sure that we were all on the same page. We were all very like grounded in what the scripture is saying. So we had a long conversation about a lot of this stuff coming into the podcast that is that is actually going to be on our Patreon. It's like a secondary podcast. Yeah. So it was like <laughs> check that out on It was like a Patreon. half an hour of us yeah. just like just discussing. Yeah. I I you can hear my voice gets like kind of raised and fast, you know, <laughs> which is fun and Bob a little bit to to that extent as well. We're, we're we have fun uh having good discussions like that. Um but um but yeah, so before we get into it because I've asked this question before, how can us knowing about death help with our current theology and ministry. What do you guys, why why do you think it's important for us to know about it? Well, this is something that people want to have questions about and, and having, having a concise, if, if not complete, at least concise Mm -hmm. and, and cognitive answer, a, 
um, can help with those conversations. They're, they're going to have answers, and they're and if and they're, they're going to want someone who who's not. So it, it, this is in the Bible. There are evidence of this. Uh, we're going to be talking about yeah, and the Bible. So it's important that we experience that we go through those truths. So we talk about the truths that are presented here, and that we have a clear and accurate understanding because there's a lot of misunderstandings out there that is influenced by culture and um and other religions and things like that so make sure we've got our basis and that those answers are biblical that that that's important yeah what do you think zach why do you think it's important yeah yeah kind of like what bob said (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah um it's also to be a comfort for people who are gonna have those questions or have those struggles um I think that, you know, as with as with all of us, I think we've experienced um, we've experienced people who have said, like, I have all the answers. I'll just tell you what's what. And it's not been like a great experience. But I think that it usually isn't. If you have actual um, wisdom and you have the Bible to look at discerning of the scripture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can say to, to a person, hey, I'm not here to tell you that I have all the answers. I don't know everything about this is a subject that God has um not expressly told us everything about. Right. Um, so here's some things that we do know, and here are some scriptures to look at, and here's some things that maybe you could wrestle with too if you look at it in the scripture, um, and just you can send people with places to look, and I think that that is always good. And if not, I guess we're just dust in the ground. All we are <laughs> is dust in the ground. There you go. So real quick before we get into the scripture, I'll just do I'll just do a a quick checklist of some of these uh, death uh, icons like the Grim Reaper. <laughs> so I did some research on the Grim Reaper. It's not in our notes, so I'll just tell you a quick uh, quick kind of blurb because my goal this time is to get us more down mm-hmm. in the time. Yeah. Uh, we we really pushed it hard on the last two. So I will just say a quick thing: Grim Reaper kind of came up in the 1400s. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about that is it was 1400s dark ages of Europe. And guess why? Because of the black, the black plague. plague. Yes. Hmm. And so it, it was almost That's not interesting to our situation at all. But, well, I mean, it, it isn't. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, 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 it has a lot of implications to it. Mm-hmm. And one of those is that um, I think that uh, from what I read and there's other reasons for this, but I think that do you remember they had those like those cloaks Mm-hmm. They would go to somebody's house and realize that they were sick. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, telling everybody. So if you came with like a priest or you came with whatever. So it kind of turned into this kind of like bad omen that like death was coming to your door kind of thing. And then that mm-hmm. spanned into this idea that if you are soon to die, then this grim reaper, yeah. death the reaper of it. death would come. And that is also not exactly unfounded because there is an angel of death. Mm-hmm. Um, in sort of, uh, you know, the Catholic, um, uh, you know, kind of angel depictions, uh, we, yep. we well, know, well, no, not, not just Catholic, but no, as no, much no, as yeah. specifically in Exodus. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. But what I'm saying is like the full fleshed out, uh, um, you're uh, talking more about Renaissance art again, like the medieval. That's true. It, but, but yeah. Bob's not wrong. Like a lot of the stuff we had talked about previously, that is like, where did this kind of evolve out of? Um, like even our artistic depictions of mm. hell and stuff like that, they did have roots in Christianity. Absolutely. But they also drew on some other stuff. Absolutely. So Azrael in the Hebrew, the angel of death, and also from he, uh, Islam and Jewish tradition. So they kind of mix this yeah. kind of um, 
Yeah. But he has a vestige not dissimilar to what we'd have maybe cha- uh, maybe turned what the Grim Reaper looks like now. So you kind of see like a lot of pictures of this as Azrael. He has like the bony arm, like, you know, skeleton mm-hmm. arms, wings, and like a dark cloak kind of thing. Does sure. he drink monster energy drink? <laughs> Man, you got you to... Gotta, <laughs> you gotta stay pumped up when you're stealing people's souls and whatever. So, um, but both the Islam and Judaism, um, they they kind of have this like fate sort of like angel, mm-hmm. um, and sure. so the you know the basis for that. Um, now, where does Chris Angel come in? Well, see, he is he has uh, been given obviously he's been given powers from the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who else can fall on a uh, oh spiky uh, gate in yeah, California, oh right, in front of a live audience? <laughs> uh, and clearly, there was no editing. I mean, I David Blaine who? <laughs> like, oh my goodness! Okay, so enough of that. Mind freak. And then, freak if we mind. go even further back, if we go back to the Greek uh, kind of belief system, we get. Uh, uh, I think his name is Charon or Karen. Um, and he is the uh, river boatman. That, that ah, oh, yeah. Well, so, well, well, this isn't just historical. This is also futuristic as the Klingon uh, race oh was t- typically. <laughs> and oh, also, also not a boatman <laughs> as well. Yeah. yeah so, so, yeah, so, so yeah, that, that, that's kind of how they view as well. The boatman ferrying you Bob, into the afterlife. I have one word for you. Okay. Kapla. <laughs> you've, you've never you've never seen Disney's Hercules until you've watched it in the original Klingon. <laughs> oh, but, I love that so much. But, oh, I love that so but much. But what's I'm interesting? Nerd. But what's interesting That's about the dirty fa- about the ferryman tie-in is that the Greek mythology ties the ferryman exclusively to Hades. Yeah. Um, the river sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a he's a they call him which a, the river sticks like. Everybody thought was okay, you know, but maybe not as good as, you know, the river journey or uh, maybe like the river. Yes. But the river sticks is like a little bit more mediocre. I'm more of a river rush kind of guy. River (laughs) rush. (laughs) (laughs) I played bass for river rush. Oh my goodness. The river rush. So, um, so yeah. So all of these things are kind of based in, like I said, like these old uh, kind of uh, texts that were somehow, adjacent or like right on the money for Christianity, but somewhere along the line, they took on a different kind of cast and kind of mm. fell away from religion in, in, in general. And there are many other figureheads besides, you know, besides um, those three, but those are just some examples that are more like iconic yeah. that you think about when, you know, angel of death. And then of course a movie that kind of goes along with this idea of an angel being there, some like city of angels, maybe, which is kind of mm, a very loose yeah. idea. <laughs> they kind of took the idea of angels and just kind of ran with it. Um, so yeah. Okay. Let's get into the scripture because we are getting up there. Let's do it. All right. So we've done this the same twice in a row now, but we're going to go ahead and reread revelation 20 through 22. But this time we are going to take a closer look at what it says about what's going on with the dead people. Okay. So, so can since I read Revelation 20 one time and I think Bob may have read another time. Okay. Zach, do you care to read it. Revelation uh starting <clears throat> Yeah, where do we want to start? Let's start at the end of Revelation 20 and then we'll jump a little bit to Revelation 21 and talk about some stuff there too. Okay. Yeah, I also think uh uh Revelation 24 that we read Yeah, uh, Revelation 20, 20 verse 4. 4. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to start in verse 4. You can do that. Sure, why not? 
I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge, and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. Souls. They had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until a thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. Pause real quick. That's a, that's, you were right. We definitely need to read that first. I, uh, we, we had yeah. talked about that, but I, I wanted to, uh, jump to it, but I think this is a good starting place. Yeah. Um, so we have, um, we have first a few things that are very pertinent about this. One is that we have people that are with the Lord and he is, I guess, in a throne room or we have yeah. established that. And so, um, the, you know, and they're in the throne room in the presence of God and they, and it mentions them earlier. We'll talk about uh, revelation seven in a little bit as well, but uh, they get to reign with Christ. Yeah. But this is not yet the time of the judgment. Right. And you know, you can, this has been interpreted several different ways. This is where you get the millennia that yes. we're talking about. So yes. there's a thousand pre years. and post millennial. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Um, and so, but, but that is not yet the time of judgment where it's they still decide. before the judgment. Yes. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the different views on the millennia are like, whether it's before or after the rapture. That's, that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, and also one of the things that's very important to note about this, um, when we get to verse, uh, five, after it talks about the thousand years, it says the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. Yeah. This is the first resurrection Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. Yeah. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God in Christ. So what's interesting about that is that we know from hell about the second death. Yeah. And so these people have been given a special privilege. <clears throat> yeah. These particular yeah. people. Yes. Now, who they are is maybe a little bit up in the air who specifically gets to have this special. Is it, is it just people who were beheaded specifically <laughs> because it says those who were beheaded or is yes. it talking the about believers, the, the, all believers or is it just specific the, those who are persecuted it, or is it just those who are persecuted, just martyrs. So, but, but, but one of the things yeah. we can kind of first see is that there is, there is, there is a are, group, there is a group of people that are in a heavenly place yeah, and have been given a special privilege for when the judgment comes. They get to be part of the first resurrection. So, yeah. so one of the questions we have been during, trying during to answer during the thousand year reign of heaven on earth. So yeah. one of the things that we have been trying to answer is what happens in the meantime before the judgment. <clears throat> yeah. So we get to see a little glimpse starting there. It's a good place yeah. to start. So let's go down to verse 11. Yeah. Uh, and talk about the uh, next little part about the judgment of the dead. Okay. Uh, Zach, you can continue. Sure. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were open. Another book was opened, which was the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. 
and each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So there was one thing I forgot to mention to you guys that I thought was just like a little tickle in the back of my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier, it talks about when Satan is uh, <coughs> when Satan is around, God throws him into an abyss mm-hmm. for a time, right? And then later takes him out and then throws him into hell, right? What's interesting is when we t- are hearing this scripture, we hear about people being taken up out of the sea, which. Mm-hmm when we talk about the word abyss sort of means the same thing. And so I wonder, I if, mean, if you're James Cameron, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, I think that in a lot of places, abyss and sea are sort of interchangeable. They are interchangeable. The that- and especially if you, if you remember the Jewish cosmology, which basically means yeah. like what they thought about space and heaven and earth yeah, is they thought that heaven and waters were two different were the same thing. Yeah. The same thing. They are made of the same stuff because, um, Yom is water and my Yom is waters or heaven. So there's the vault in the sky with all the chaos swirling above. There's the vault below with all the chaos swirling below and it's the heavens. It's everything outside of earth. So what's, so, so that, that will be not really super important what we're talking about. I just thought I'd make that distinction about it because it's interesting to see that we, we've just with that scripture that Zach read through, we have, we have already heard from like three or four different (laughs) locations. So we have Hades, we have death, we have like a sea or an abyss, and then we have hell. And so what, what, and what are those particular things? That is where you are going to hear on the podcast for the first time us say uncle and say, we're just going to start this conversation, but it's up to you guys to dig deep on that. We'll show you guys where to go. Yeah. So, (laughs) so that is the next, that is the next big, like kind of uh, focal point. And then if we go on, let me get, let me get to the place that we need to be at in revelation 21. There's the new heavens and the new earth. We know about that. Um, Okay. Let's talk about, um, no, that's that's how beautiful and jeweled the temple is. Uh, the Lord and Lamb is the temple. The city does not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's a part where it talks about all the people of the earth around the, uh, the city. And so it says, okay. let me let me get there. Uh, brilliance. Okay, yeah. Which verse are you talking about? Oh, uh, I think it starts in maybe nine and goes through, but... Uh, Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Okay. Starts in verse six, I suppose. Verse six? He said to me, it is done. I'm the Alpha Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this. And it's, we've already heard about what heaven will look like, the new heaven that comes down. And I will be their God, T-H-E-I-R. I will be their God. Yes. (laughs) Uh, and they will be my children, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Now, as we had heard before already, mm-hmm. there's people pulled out and then thrown into hell if they have not been written in the yep. book of life. So yep, the, the lake of fire. So where, where are those guys? Where are the sexual immoral? Well, I know this for a fact, God would never grant 
the first resurrection privilege of not being able, not being eligible for the second death to any of this list. Right. Do you, sure. do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Because he already mentions that those people d- will not receive a second death. Well, and it's, yeah, the people that were talked about are the people who were victorious over right. the beast. Victorious over the beast, not necessarily that the beast didn't kill them because they were beheaded, so they were persecuted. Um, but it's people who did not bow down to the beast. Right. People who, who remained faithful to God, worshiped God only. Yeah. There you go. And so, yeah. um, okay, so Bob, could you do me a favor since you brought this scripture up? Would you do me a favor and look up that Revelation 7 scripture and okay, just yeah. go through that for me? Yeah, I wanted to talk about Revelation 7 because I find it very interesting. Sure, yes. And I think since you you were the main guy to kind of bring that up to us, I think it would be important for you to kind of uh, present that because you seem to have a good knowledge of what it's talking about. Sure. So in verse 9, Revelation 7, it says, After this I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation— from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the lamb robed in white with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice saying salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne into the lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and uh, around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell to the faces before the throne and worship God saying an amen blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And so, yeah, and so I brought this up this uh, because the, obviously being in Revelation 7, this is well before everything else that was just read. Before the judgment. Yes, yeah. well before all that. And yeah. yet we have um, this before the throne, a multitude of people that right. no one can count, uh, as it says, of yeah. people from every tribe, tongue, and nation um, before the throne already in heaven before all this judgment place take, uh, before all this judgment takes place. Yeah, so the, the final... Um, settings of the lake of fire and then the heaven and the new city that are going to be part of the new earth. Mm -hmm. Right. Those two are not there yet. This present earth is still happening. Right. And yet we have some group of people who are able to be present with the Lord and further, they actually can witness things that are happening on earth and they witness what God is doing. Because if you look back, um, I want to go back to Revelation 6 even because it talks Mm -hmm. a little bit about them there. Um, They say, how long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? Then each of them was given a white robe Mm. and they were told to wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were killed as they had been was completed. And so makes it very clear. This multitude yeah. is, is likely more. Uh, well, at least verse six of uh, chapter six, most yeah. certainly those are martyrs, martyrs for sure. So we have these Christian saints, martyrs, even people who um, are with God and they're asking God, like, when are you going to finally step in <laughs> and clean house here? How long sovereign Lord do we have to wait? And which is honestly, yeah. in some regards, quite interesting given the history of the old Testament, yeah. that question has been asked. How long, O oh Lord has been asked time and Psalms. time and time yeah. again throughout yeah. all the old Testament. Yeah. So I, I originally didn't have this as a note, so I just went ahead and edited and put this in, but I think this is a baseline. We have to start off with based on the scriptures we've just heard. The first thing we can know for sure, there is an existence beyond death. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So <laughs> there's our baseline. And how do we know that? Because already in the Revelation yeah. passages yeah. that we've read, we've heard several times of people being either with Jesus 
some some form of heaven or some form of hell. They have been there before yeah. the ju- the judgment, where their bodies will be uh, reformed and resurrected. Um, one of the things that we haven't really had a chance to talk about too, which I think we're going to exclude from this episode, but it might be an interesting separate episode, but we did talk about the origin of reincarnation, but that is very like sort of, that's an interesting one. I was, I'm in a world religion class now. And so we just got done talking about like Hinduism and Buddhism. It's kind of the two main reincarnation believing groups. Right. Um, and it, it is really, really interesting. So, okay, now let's just yeah. jump right into the scripture because I don't want it to uh, drag too long. Let's yeah. start with uh, the two of you either looking up uh, John uh, 14, 1 through 3, or mm-hmm. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. I I'll think do for, Thessalonians. I think for Zach, he has the Thessalonians one. So, okay. So, Bob, would you care to read John 14, 1 through 3? Sure. And if you want to give me your kind of spiel on what that means before I do, that's fine, too, because I know that you and I have really, we've we've all talked about a lot of these for yeah, a while sure. now. So in John uh, 14, 1 through 3, it says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Uh, believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you uh, that, that I go. And, uh, if, if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take, uh, and I'll take you to myself uh, so, that, so that where I am, there you, will be, you may be also. Okay, so here are a few things that we know from that scripture, and there are other scriptures we will reiterate some of these points. But mm-hmm. one, of the few things that you hear in that are that God has prepared somewhere mm-hmm. for you. We don't know the timeline of why and when yeah. yet, but what we understand is that God is preparing a place. There's most certainly a place, and yeah. and there are multiple places because He says, "My house has many rooms." So if that if He means hell, heaven, mm-hmm. earth. And blank, we don't know. But uh, and he also says that, um, uh, could you read that last part again if you still have it up? Basically, uh, long story short, he would say that uh, we are with him yeah. in that time, in that in that particular situation. If, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to yeah. myself so that where I am there you may be also. So if that is a reference to the new earth or if yeah. that is a reference to what is happening directly when you pass away could still be up in the air. Well, it's also a reference to wedding language. That's what yeah. Bob yeah. was kind of touching on before. The bride. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's such a neat passage because, I mean, in the Jewish tradition, this is, yeah, as Zach pointed, mentioned, this is very much wedding language. The father would, uh, the, uh, the father, the groom, would have his son build onto his house yeah. because this was very a communal culture. And so you would actually build onto your father's home, his estate, and when he said many that, rooms, yes, uh, yeah, there would be many, many rooms. And so when you, when the place that you have prepared yeah. was good enough, when your father says this is good enough, then and only then would be the time by which the groom would then go get his bride. It's a big, big house with lots <laughs> and lots of rooms, which, which which also illustrates further why the father knows the timing and not the son, because right. the son is yeah. preparing and preparing and preparing, and the father says, "No, you're not done yet." You, you, there's still work to be done here. No, that's not right. good enough for your bride. Yeah, Bob's referencing where, you know, even Jesus says, like, I do oh, not even know no, the hour. Only the Father does. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay, Zach, First Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again 
And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you uh, that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So one of the first things we'll hear is the, the all too familiar rapture scripture. Right. Um, Absolutely. And, and so we we aren't we aren't necessarily like fully dis you know, throwing that out the window. We don't know exactly how that will look. I mean, but yeah. but what we're trying to focus on, which is that reiterated was this idea that there are dead people uh, and there are people that are alive in this situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one of them will be taken up first with Jesus. And then uh, the people that are living will also be taken up at different times, uh, kind of indicating that we have, we are somewhere and God is rounding us. uh, Jesus is rounding us up essentially. Yeah. And I want to talk about, um, <clears throat> about being caught up together and meeting in the air. Yeah. Um, because uh, I think I mentioned this maybe on the heaven episode, but that was how an invading army came in to a city. Right. So you, you've got the city of, of heaven. You've got heaven basically invading earth. And as heaven is coming into town, there's no way that earth can put up a fight. So we sure. all go and we meet the army that's mm-hmm. coming in the air to, to, to welcome them as conquerors yeah. into our yeah. city. So to speak. What, what the cities used to do is they used to send all the townsfolk out to meet the invading army on the road. And then they would march into the city together. Yes. At, right. In solidarity. And so that's kind of more, I think what it's getting at, not to say, uh, cause I don't know, there could be a rapture that looks very similar to left behind. Um, but I, I think um, more so than that, the point is, is that, God is coming back to earth. Right. And there's an importance there that's it's stating that people who have died before this happened are going to be the first ones to march back into earth. That's right. So it does not specifically lay out the timing. So if what you're getting at is like whether we fly off to heaven now and then wait to come back or whether we are raised up first and then come back. Right. That that's the part that's somewhat unclear. But what we do know is that there are people who have passed on who are Christians. They were, they fell asleep in Christ as Paul says, Mm -hmm. and God is Mm -hmm. going to be restoring them first to be with him and to come back with him. And we're all going to be caught up together to meet that army as it's like coming in and taking earth over. There are some scriptures we've already read about like the multitudes and stuff that would argue that there are some people in heaven, but uh, where where mm-hmm. where we are with the timeline again is kind of uh, a little hard to that's place. That's the distinction that's hard to get at. Yeah, right. So what we talked about in the heaven episode is whether or not there was people already in heaven, yeah. and then later they were both joined with. And then Bob's, I think one of your notes, Bob, was the like. It seems like it would be strange. It would be a strange idea that those people in heaven would then be judged and potentially like, go yeah, to that is, you, yeah, you, you would yeah. be in heaven, be pulled out of heaven for judgment and then be placed yeah, back in yeah. heaven. That that's always, 
there's some level there that I'm not properly understanding. But but what Zach read in well, what we read in Revelation as a, as a group, not just Zach, but um, it, this idea that there were people that were not that were then given the gift to not yeah. have the second death. Yeah. So maybe what the scriptures are saying is that there are certain people that God chose these people that were strong believers, martyrs, whatever we wanted to say, people that got decapitated yeah. or specific, you know, uh, would then, I mean, I guess technically yeah. the, uh, the saga of the green Knight he gets decapitated. And so maybe he is up in, <laughs> from the old, uh, Go, Sir Gawain tale. Yeah. Um, but so now he's, uh, he's not the same as the black Knight from Monty Python. No. Right. <laughs> he doesn't lose his head. So tough luck on him. He has to wait and see if he'll get the second death right. or not. Uh, but no, so 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 maybe there is this yeah. idea yeah. that potentially God has set apart a room yeah. for the time being in heaven. So then the question maybe. the question would be, is are we talking about all Christians here? Do we all face right. certain realities in our life? Do we all come out saved by the blood of Jesus and with a testimony mm. to be able to join with this very special group? Mm. Or is it only specifically martyrs? Well, the tough, like, the tough thing yeah. you could extrapolate, we yeah. could go on this forever, yeah. but the tough thing then would be, do the people that are waiting in Gehenna or wherever the other places or Hades or whatever, do those people already pretty much have like their check sealed? Cause why, yeah. if you were a believer and you went to heaven already, then why would he need to later judge whether or not they went to heaven with them? Yeah. So that's a really hard, if God can, weird thing. if God can judge you upon your death. Like, why do you need to be arraigned later? Right. <laughs> like, but, but there's one thing that we do know. We One, one thing that we do know uh, that we can go down the checklist, and that is the dead are asleep mm-hmm. until God brings them back to life. And so that word asleep, we the sleep of death, and what that essentially means described later in like Ecclesiastes even, um, in Ecclesiastes uh, 9.5, um, is that um, the dead don't have any worry anymore. They don't even like remember their own name. So that kind of suggests, but doesn't necessarily completely uh, say it, but that maybe when we die, we don't have any experiences and that we are just kind of sitting dormant. But that's not something we can know for absolute sure. But um, another thing that we want to go through, and Bob, I would love for you to read um, maybe just because these are like quickie scriptures. Sure. Could you just read uh, Ecclesiastes twelve seven for me? Ecclesiastes 12. Seven. I'll look up the Genesis. Ones. Genesis 2, 7 and Genesis mm-hmm. 3, 19, please. All right. So Ecclesiastes 12, 7. And the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the breath returns to the God who gave it. And so, Zach, can we continue before I say anything about that? Yeah. Zach, can we continue? Genesis, Genesis 2, 7. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of of life and the man became a living being and, and then, then three nine <clears throat> three uh, 19 19 or nine three 19 19 mm-hmm. um it just kind of finalizes the dust oh yes okay by the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground since from it you were taken for dust you are and to dust you will return and so if we kind of make that a full rounded circle, Ecclesiastes, not just not just in 12, 7, but that's the most uh, most quoted. Yeah. yeah. And that is that that the Lord breathes the breath of life into you. Yeah. And at the time that you return to the dust, 
he will take that breath of life back from you. And so one of our big talks that we had where we kind of got stuck was um, the word for breath, which is different than the word for like your spirit. That is like who you are, your soul or your soul or whatever. I think soul is a word that a lot of people can get hung up on because so many meanings. It can mean a lot of different things. Spirit kind of as well. And so, yeah. but, but one thing I think, but this, it literally means breath, right? The, the word Ruach in, mm-hmm. in Hebrew. And so in yeah. Ecclesiastes three eighteen, it also uses the, the same word of breath to emphasize yeah. this idea that who knows who will go up mm. who knows who will go down to the ground. Uh, God breathed the same, same breath into us as he did to animals. And so it kind of gives this idea that we have this breath of life, which isn't necessarily a soul that God takes back and yeah. leaves the body. And so you're like, okay, well, then what happens to the soul then? Yeah, right. And so we've already kind of articulated a little bit about uh, Haiti or maybe uh, the heaven uh, aspect of going there immediately or going there later. So two more scriptures, guys, uh, and then we'll get into the big meat here. Luke uh, 23, 43. um, I'll just read that one out loud so we can kind of get past it. I don't know if you guys look that up, but we've already read it. Today you will be with me in paradise. We all know that. And he's talking. Uh, so th- th- that's when Jesus is being crucified and the thief on the cross and that famous tale. Yeah. And so, Bob, what was the follow up to that that you were mentioning where uh, he then uh, so, uh, some people believe this, but it may not be completely clear. Oh, you're talking where about they, the... where he went down and scooped up a certain oh, section yes. of uh, Abraham's so, so, so bosom. The, um, the, there, there is a few passages. I did not prepare it well ahead of time, but no, the, no, no, but, okay. the, but there is a Just belief, and it's in uh, within Christendom. Yeah. It's um, in some of the old like spoken word creeds, creeds and stuff yes, too. that that yeah. when Jesus died on the cross, that he w- descended into the holding place of the dead. Some some uh, uh, so, some of the older texts refer to it more as hell. Others right. would say more Sheol, more the yeah. Jewish pers- perspective. But they gathered up the faithful who were being held in a separate section there, right. according to Jewish belief, that would be Abraham's bosom, and then took them up to heaven where they would normally not be allowed because Christ's sacrifice has now been completed. They were the faithful who held on to the scriptures before Christ was even able to be believed in to begin with. You know, they lived prior to the Messiah, before the sacrifice was done. So before because, the coming of Jesus, before, before the, the coming incarnation. Yeah. Yes. And so, yeah. so before that sacrifice could be given, they held true to the scriptures as much as they could. Yeah. And so they were then given that same chance. Uh, some would even say they even, he even witnessed to them and those that believed were the ones that were taken. Yeah, I have heard that before. He he went and he witnessed like the. I am the that, I am the Messiah. If you believe in me, then let's yeah, go. Right. Kind of thing, and so um and then after that, he then rose from the dead, back on Earth yeah. on that great Easter morning. And so so yeah so, so that that is that is one belief that comes with that, and so that could have been part of the paradise that. Uh, that, that, that he was referring to teeth on thief on the cross. For. Right. And so, and so uh, uh, I know the time, the, the clock's really running and we're going over time. So I'm just going to brush through a few of these quickly. Daniel 12, uh, starting in verse one and going through to two talks about the multitudes who would sleep in the dust of the earth and that they will awake some to everlasting life and some, to, uh, mm-hmm. some to shame and everlasting contempt. And so we get this kind of imagery again about dust and where our bodies kind of will be and that God will sort of like take the dust of our body and reanimate it into a living being again, breathe that breath of life back into us. And then um, in Psalm, uh, 
139, uh, 7 through 10, and I'll just paraphrase. Essentially, um, if if the, the where can I go from your presence? Where could I yeah. possibly go yeah. if I floated up into the heavens? If I went down yeah. into Sheol, Sheol, and it says Sheol, mm-hmm. yeah. Or if I was to grow wings and be an angel, and, the, and or if I go over to the end of the sea, um, there's no place you won't be with me. And so, yeah. one of the things I wanted to say, the things we can know for sure based on a lot of the scriptures we've already went through, is that even if we necessarily our soul is apart from our body and we are dormant, God is with mm-hmm. us. He is present with us in that. So yeah. if we can argue that he prepared a place and that he is present in that place, we can still we can still right, feel right. the comfort there's, of the idea. There's only one place where people are completely separated from God. And right. The second hell. And the lake that's of fire. The only, that's the only way to have God's presence not at least that's right. possible for you. And so, you know, you can take that and you can extrapolate like because he have you heard people like say like, Oh, this life is like a living hell, uh-huh. you know, yeah. or like, um, and, and oh, I yeah. think I, I wonder if sometimes people don't actually wonder, like, did something happen? And I like, am I like in hell now? Like, Ooh, this is so bad. Like, yeah. you know, that's scary to think about. There's, sure. if there's even the glimmer of hope of God's presence, mm. like if God's influence, even like in the world, if there's mm-hmm. just a little thread of connection, like that can't be hell. Like that's exactly right. You know, that's so a, even mean, e- no go. matter how bad this life gets, you are not in hell. hell. You, like, s- you still have the presence of God. He is still there yeah. willing to comfort you or guide you through. Or yeah. I mean, there are so many different titles that he has been given. He is open yeah. to those different aspects of his personality to you. Even if you even if you try to flee from that, like the influence of God is still in the world around you. Absolutely. So, yeah. so Zach, can you kind of yeah. sum up for us? Because I know this we're trying to wrap up. Uh, yeah. Can we can we get a summation of the uh, great cloud of witness idea? Yeah, Hebrews twelve has this thing about the great cloud of witness, and um, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about because we're you know we're talking about whether whether it's simply can people be watching you. Is it simply a nap until we all get resurrected or? Is there people who are in, is there people, are there people who are in heaven? <laughs> in, in their people. In, there? in their people up there. Yeah. I think, um, so I've, I've had conflicting thoughts about this and I think this is part of like what we were conversing about before the episode. Sure. Yes, um, yes. I think that like, I, I think that I, at one point was more kind of in, in line of the way Bob had been thinking, um, that it is kind of just, just, you know, we, we go to sleep and then we're all kind of resurrected together. But there are things that have mm-hmm. like made me question that over the years. So like one is that Hebrews 12 mentions that we have this great cloud of witness. The second thing would be what we talked about in Revelation, how there are saints in heaven and all of Revelation. Like if you just read it all the way through the door between heaven and earth is like wide open. Like you can, right. you can see what's happening back and forth and we're commenting back and forth. We're witnessing each other. And then uh, there's kind of like the um, the point of view of people like like Charles Wesley that talks about how um, people that we knew that followed Jesus who are no longer with us have gone on to be the saints that are in heaven now. Um, so there's there's a there's a Charles Wesley song where it talks about um, it's oh four thousand tongues to sing it says by saints above and saints below the church in earth and heaven. And so there's been, there's also this very traditional Christian viewpoint 
that there is a church in heaven. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is even, even thinking that the heaven that, that people can go to now, if you, if you believe that people can be present with the Lord right away, right upon death, if they're a Mm -hmm. Christian, it's still not the final destination because of what scripture says about Jesus return, the new heaven and the new earth. Yeah. yeah. So let me, let me just follow on that step ladder there. Cause we have another scripture and I know you guys are, uh, we're focusing on this, but I'm going to read it because I'm an impartial uh, third party. (laughs) (laughs) I declare to you, we're going to start in uh, first Corinthians 15, starting in verse 50. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable Mm -hmm. inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. So that's an interesting thing. That is also You're very just like tickling like, no, not the sleep thing again. Right. Um, <laughs> in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, which is what I referenced earlier, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable mm-hmm. and will be changed. So your point about the waters from the new city yeah. and all of this stuff coming down to the fact that basically you become a eternal body yeah that's right so not just your soul not just the breath of life anymore i think that's really important to discuss because i think that a lot of people a lot of christians think that the ultimate goal of christianity is to leave everything your body and just be completely behind like and so that leads us to think that like our bodies the things on earth like that leads us to think that that doesn't matter it's just all about believing the right thing so that you can go be completely in spirit but all of scripture talks about the flesh being redeemed. Like you're going to have a no, like when we're resurrected um, to reign with Christ in eternity, you're, you're going to be doing that with a body. Like that's really important. So, so absolutely. So the imperishable will, will surround you. It will clothe you. It says, yeah. And then there will be death will be swallowed up by victory. And the victory will be that you will become an eternal, you know, you will become eternal. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's including in with your spirit, with the breath of God, your body as well. And so that is just a, like a huge kind of like interesting idea, which also kind of gives us a little more of a hint about where you may be during the time when you're dead, you're, you don't have a body anymore and your soul may be eternal. But then when you are resurrected at a particular time, uh, then your body becomes yeah. potentially eternal as well. Okay. Second Corinthians five, six through 10. And this one's the, uh, absent yeah. from the body. This one's really interesting just in the yeah. way that it's been like quoted to, and interpreted. Sure. Who wants so to I, do that? I'll go, I'll go and read it. And Zach, yeah, you go and and Zach it. begins sure. the conversation. Sure. It's like, so we are always confident, even though we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we do have confidence, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. Right. So, Oh, and, and the one, one more verse there. It says, yeah. for, for all of us must appear before the judgment seat of Christ uh-huh. so that we may receive recompense for what has been done in the body, whether good or evil. Right. So that yeah. answered one question, and that is the judgment does count. Like he actually does account for the goods and evils of your life, yeah. whether or not yeah. that. Now, yeah. yeah. So, you know, in to talk in basic, um, yes, to your point, the judgment does matter. The, what matters for the Christian is that you have the blood of Jesus to cover right. you because we have all sinned. We've all fallen short. Right. Um, but I think uh, one of the ways that this scripture gets really interpreted uh, has to do with 
the absence of the body and presence with the Lord. And that is, I think maybe how the um, KJV might even have it. Worded. Right. Yes. I think people yes. take this scripture a lot of times to mean that if you're not in the body, you are present with the Lord. Right. Not so necessarily. Well, yeah. well, well, we can yeah. say this, we can say this based on the scriptures we know. Mm-hmm. And again, we don't have to get yeah. to a big debate. We're way over time, but um, we know that God is present wherever we are because he has, mm-hmm. you can't, yeah. you can't be separate from God until you have the second death. That's what Zach said. Sure. So it, in that case, you, your body, the breath he gives you mm-hmm. and the soul or whatever we want to call that, um, who you mm-hmm. are without a body uh, is somewhere and God is there too. But, you know, it's absent from the body. You become present with the Lord. Is that an immediate transition or, yeah. or, or, or does that, or do you fall asleep yeah. first and then and the go other, with the Lord later? The it, other thing the, the, the too timeline's is. timeline's always what the, comes in the question. And yeah. the other thing too, that just kind of rubs a big, salt in that wound is like uh are we not present with the lord currently <laughs> like in our body like i mean it's it's another thing where you're just paul like, had whoa, this whoa, weird whoa. thing about like death like he has like other places where he's like oh, it'd be better for me if i went ahead and passed on <laughs> but it's better for <laughs> die, you it's, cool. it's better for you if i stay so because we've we've we so I, I guess i'll stay <laughs> i guess since... i'll stick around for your sake even if it's better for me if i go ahead and die <laughs> but we we went ahead and talked about the um, so dramatic paul the, the bodily <laughs> tent versus the heavenly yeah. tent so yeah there is scripture to support this idea that once the body is gone, there is a presence difference. But like Bob said, where where does that come into play? We're not sure. When when does that come into play? But but yeah, I bring that verse up because that kind of plays into like, um, like what people told me when I was a kid, like that's not really them. They're with God, you know? Right. Yeah. And so, okay, I'm going to finish this out boys Mm -hmm. with this checklist. We've already talked about a lot of scripture tonight. And I think that it's very much harder for us to definitively nail down some of these things uh, like we could with hell and heaven. Um, but I will say that well, heaven was a little bit of a challenge because of the double uh, earth, double heaven thing. But um, so th- these are things that we can know for sure based on the scripture that aren't uh, confusing. Necessarily. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they are that there is existence beyond death. Mm-hmm. In fact, there is an eternal existence beyond death. Mm-hmm. The dead are asleep. Or so it has been interpreted for for our benefit, uh, until God brings them back to breathe the life back into them. The body physically you ain't, you ain't having life without God. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, and so then the <laughs> then we further extrapolate the third thing, which is that the body stays and turns to dust, or however long it takes, um, and the breath of God is taken from the body. And so how do you interpret that? You can say, okay, well you're not alive anymore, so obviously the the life breath is not in you. But the scriptures do talk about it both in Genesis and Ecclesiastes about these, this idea that God breathed the breath into you. And as such, he takes it from you. So um, we have to at least admit the idea that the breath itself is separate. The thing the, that gives you life. The thing that gives yep. you life and, is, and can be separate from the body and from the soul as well as we move down. Because it says that God is with us in death, which we've just talked about, uh, present with us. And then number five, God prepares a place for us to wait. Mm-hmm. Like when he says, I have many rooms. That big, big house. Uh, and it's where we can play football. Is it is it the abyss? <laughs> is it Hades? Is it are you getting a, a nice ticket because you were super awesome and believed in God? And so you're a decapitated man that sits beside Jesus for a while. Who knows? Um, that'll, that'll be up to God to decide that. <laughs> 
Study that <laughs> some more, people. <laughs> uh, our bo- so number six, our bodies will waste away to dust, which we've already talked about. But then the restorative power that God has gives us the ability to physically come back in our own body. Um, so that restorative and thing that new version yes. is going to be an upgrade. Is a imperishable version whether or not you go to heaven or hell that is already a thing you've been established as an imperishable body and then seven is some people are actually in hades which is clarified by revelation 20 that there there is a place sheol sheol death whatever that you want to call that the greeks would call it hades but sheol is maybe a little more hebrew a jewish yeah adjacent or something and so uh, uh, i I think that also might even fall into the under the catholic view of purgatory possibly yeah and and i i don't Mm, i i wonder if there's another episode out there called purgatory that we could do sometime it would be interesting yeah probably a lot of the same themes as this we'll wait and do that one later but and then the last one is our souls are eternal because the breath that comes from the lord is eternal because the Lord is eternal and the spirit that exists within each of us, the, the soul, I'm sorry, the, the, who we are is eternal because it is also from the Lord. And so when our non-eternal bodies become eternal, that's when we will see the new earth, the new heaven. And so that's when it all gets sorted. That's when it all gets sorted out. So, 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 so the timeline might be a little fuzzy, but these are the eight truths we can most certainly take away from it. And there's probably a lot more. There's probably people out there that have dissected this and just know there are other points of view for sure. But what I can say for sure is that these things are things that with just our limited amount of research and discussion, we can say are truths of the scripture. Yeah. And I want to add one thing about timelines. I mean, does the timeline, really have to make sense to us. No, it doesn't because God is outside of time. So in a way, maybe there's no, maybe the timeline can't make sense to us. Yeah. <laughs> like interesting. I, like he's the one who holds the keys to life and death and eternity. And right. so I think he's, he's got it worked out and I don't know what the timeline looks like to God compared to how it looks to us. Mm. So no wonder it's confusing, <laughs> but, but, Who knows? but you know, those definitive things do tell us that things happen when you die yeah. and they're not as cookie cutter as the movies would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are, th- there is definitely truth in the scripture, which our human minds can't right. completely wrap around, but it does give you maybe a little more comfort for everybody listening. Um, and so we just want to say thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks yeah. for hanging in there for this extra long episode and the ones yep. preceding it. Um, we, yep. Colin, I know you wanted to make this one a little shorter. Looks like that that one didn't happen. Yeah, but that's it's, okay. It's it, longer, but but, but it's good. It was the timeline was makes sense to the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> to the Lord, this was a three minute episode. <laughs> so. Um, we just thank you so much again for listening um, and, yeah. and especially in a time with the coronavirus going on. Uh, we, we hope that you can find this to be sort of a cool way to sit at the house and, and kind of wrestle with some of the scriptures. So we, we appreciate you sticking, uh, sticking with us. Feel free to support us on Patreon if you're able to. And uh, we look forward to talking to you next time. Peace. God bless.